much. I appreciate it. Well, good morning. It is great to be with you. Uh, even more so, it's great to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. I want to introduce my beautiful wife, Annette. She uh, came down with me today. So thanks for being here, Annette. <laughs> All right. So um, I want to uh, obviously preach a message, but before that, I I'd like to do a couple of things. The first thing I want to do is uh, let's raise our hands this way, because I believe Pastor Brent and Amy are over that way some way. And uh, I just want to pray for them. So is okay? Let's just raise our hands and lift, our, lift them up. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Brent and Amy. God, I thank you for what they are, the blessing they are to this church. Lord, we pray for continued times of refreshment over them. Pray, God, that you'd keep them safe as they travel back to Crete. Uh, Lord, most of all, I pray that they would sense your divine presence and power, love and nurture as they spend time together. In Christ's awesome name, we pray it. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. So, again, before I start with the message, I also want to read a, a verse to you. I guess I have my own verse, if that's okay to read, Mike. I just want to, Matt, excuse me, I want to just read this. As I was praying this morning, just seeking the Lord about the day, um, this verse came to my mind, and I'm just going to trust it's from the Spirit of the Lord, and I just want to read it to you. It's uh, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 103, if you want to follow along. If you have a uh, Bible on your digital device or, or a printed device, Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And then dropping down to verse, um, verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he has moved or removed our transgressions from us. That's a great message. Amen? Amen. We can read that and just what all that says. Forget not all his benefits unto us. And then the, and various things it's talking about. And then the last part it talks about as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. Um, uh, several months ago, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, Jack Hibbs was the individual I was listening to, and he was talking on this verse. And he said something that I just want to share with you because it really made an impact on me. He said, you know, he said, how far is east from the west? He said, if I get in an airplane and I start flying east, he said, I will fly and I will fly and I will fly till that plane runs out of gas, and then I'll be dead. He said, or I can fly in a plane, and I can head west, 
and I will fly, and I will fly, and I will fly until that plane runs out of gas, and it'll crash, and I'll be dead. He said, but if I start flying from the south to the north, that's only a matter of a, a few miles. I think it 8,000 miles, something like that. He said, and then it's it. That's, that's it. He said, or I can get in a plane. I can fly from the top, the north, down to the south. And then my trip's over because I'll start flying back north again or start flying south again. He said, aren't you glad that the Lord doesn't say, as far as the north is from the south, I've forgiven your sins? He says, because there's a limit there. There's a limit there. Or as the south is from the north. He says, aren't you glad that the Lord said, as far as the east is from the west, I've forgiven your sins. I've forgotten your transgressions. Isn't God so good? God is so good that there is complete redeeming love. Absolutely redeeming love, endless grace, mercy beyond measure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not good? That is good. Um, So I guess that was maybe a mini message before the message. But so here we go. So I want to turn here to my notes, and then we're going to get going. So again, my name's Mark. I am a chaplain with a hospice company, St. Croix Hospice in Lincoln. Um, So the message I'm going to preach... um, How do I want to say this? I want to invite you into my world a little bit. Or maybe maybe better said, I want to maybe express some thoughts that mm, certainly as Americans we don't think about on a daily basis. But we'll be affected by them one day in our life. And so I just want to share, share this message with you. I've entitled it Purpose for Life. And in it, uh, I'm going to highlight three topics. Number one, we were created for relationship. Number two, separation hurts. And number three, God has a solution. So those three points. Um, Starting with the book of Ecclesiastes, in chapter 3, verse 11, we find this verse. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of people, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So I think about that, eternity, the fact that God has placed eternity in each one of our hearts, in my heart, in your heart, every single individual that God has ever created and will ever create There is a longing for something much, much deeper and much more meaningful than just my personal life. I can live my life for me if I want to, but there's but I I will be unsatisfied with that. But if I live my life with eternity in perspective, I find great joy and delight in my life. Doesn't mean that I don't have trials and tribulations in my life. Those will come. But I can walk with great confidence and hope as I am guided by the eternal, uh, that eternal 
input that God has placed within me. Let's just pray real quick. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to once again hear your word proclaimed, Lord. We thank you that your word does not return to you void, but that it accomplishes all that you have designed for it to accomplish. And God, I pray for everyone here, um, those that are listening to this message and even myself, those that are on Facebook, that, God, we would hear and receive every single thing you have for each one of us. Lord, do not let it escape our heart. Do not let it go in one ear and out the other, but let it soak deep into our spirit that which you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, with this thought of eternity placed within us, we have the thought process that we are created for relationship. You and me, everyone that the Lord creates has been created for relationship. And it's interesting, we can go to a couple scriptures and we can, we can find that in scripture. We can look, for instance, in the book of Psalm uh, 139, uh, 13 and 14, you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Combined with this scripture, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Okay, through him all things were made. I was knit together in my mother's womb. You were knit together in your mother's womb. Through him, all things were made. Now, when I read that scripture, typically when I read that scripture, through him, all things were made, I think of things like trees. I think of the beautiful cornfields. I think of the mountains. I think of, I think of the coast and the, the, the wonderful ocean and, and opportunities to be down there. I think, of, I think of things. I think of things that my eyes can see. But if we, if we think a little bit further, through him all things were made, and I was knit together in my mother's womb, there are intricate things that are within me that God is building in me as I'm being developed in my mother's womb. In other words, there are things that are very specific to me. There are feelings. There are emotions. There are desires. There are certain thought processes, the way I'll think. There are certain abilities that I have that are just uniquely gifted to me. I mean, someone else might have a similar personality, but they don't have my exact makeup. Someone may have certain abilities to do things, but I have very specific things that God was pouring into me when I was being knit together in my mother's womb. And those things are specifically designed for relationship. There's other intrinsic values that God pours into my heart and in your heart as well. There's the ability to forgive. Forgive others and to forgive myself. God pours that into us. There is the ability to love and to have compassion, to have grace and mercy and to show kindness 
and to uh, have empathy. And those things are built into us. And, and I think of that scripture, through him all things were made. In me, God was hardwiring me. He was hardwiring you for relationship. To have good, connected relationship all the days of your life. He was, he was forming that in you because it's God's desire to have relationship with you. And it's God's desire that you would have relationship with other people. Not just, not just hi, how you doing relationship, but good, connected, solid relationship that we can walk through life and we can go through the joys and we can go through the sorrows and we can go through the various things that people can go through, but we go through them with hope and with relationship with other people. It's really God's desire. It's God's heart for us to live in community with one another. And he's fashioned us for that, to care and to love one another through all the ups and downs in the lives. We are empowered by God Almighty to live in unity with one another. When we commit ourselves to vulnerable, authentic relationships with, a, with one another, that's where we really find the fullness of life begin to take place. And that's what we were created for. If I could, oh, I guess tie an action point to this, it would be for you and me to continue to grow in being intentional about relationship with one another. Doing the things necessary to grow deep relationships because that's what God has designed us for. So we live through life and we go through life and we have good relationships and we have good connection with people and sooner or later something happens. Some type of separation happens. And we can see that in a variety of areas in our lives. We can see that in a, um, oh, I guess to name a few, we can think, okay, separation happens between, oh, a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend break up. Or we can think of relationship ending as uh, losing a close pet. Or we can think of relationship ending, uh, not ending, but being altered by someone being deployed in the service and going away for a while. That affects relationship. But the hardest thing of all is when someone dies. Separation hurts. I'm not sure. I'm obviously, I don't know where everyone is as far as losing close relationships, but separation hurts. And it hurts because we were designed for relationship. And when we come to the point where we can't touch that person anymore, we can't look into their eyes, we can't talk to them and hear their voice back, that hurts. And can I say, that's natural. That's okay. That's grief. And it's okay to have those times in our lives. And it's okay to work through those times. Those are hard times. 
It's, a, it's interesting as I begin to talk about this part of the, of the message. As a culture, um, United States, Western culture, however you want to define that, we are pretty much a death-denying culture. We don't want to talk about it. But yet it happens every single day. Every single day someone dies. And every once in a while it happens to us. I mean, not necessarily death, but death affects us in a big way, in a powerful way. It, it touches us. But yet it's natural. Um, looking at a couple scriptures in the, in the book of Psalm and Psalms 139.16 we read these words your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be sooner or later barring the rapture every one of us is going to die now, when I read this verse, and specifically when it's around end of lifetime, this scripture gives me tremendous comfort. It tells me God's in control. It tells me that God has ordained the number of days, certainly of my life, but also of my love, loved one's life as well. And it's okay. It doesn't mean there's not pain. It doesn't mean that separation doesn't hurt because it does, and that's real. But that's okay because that, is a, that pain is an indicator of the value of that relationship. Does that make sense? That's okay. That's okay. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel the pain of loss because we were designed for relationship. Another thing that I'd like to say about that, as far as from a scriptural standpoint, as, for, as far as a Christian is concerned, that period of time, that period of death, is a holy, holy time. In the book of Psalm, I think it's 116, says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. And when you think about that time, Whatever those, that time frame is, those months that go by or weeks or days. For a Christian, God is looking down upon that event. And he's seeing the end of, the, the, the end of that individual's life here on earth. And the scripture says God's smiling. He says it's precious in his heart. That time is precious to him, and he's honoring that time. And when we have that ability to spend time with people that are in that end-of-life stage, that is a tremendous blessing from heaven on high, that we get to spend those time, that time with those individuals. And that God is blessing us and encouraging us and equipping us and certainly equipping that individual for the next journey, for that 
wonderful journey into eternal life. Just talking a, bit, a little bit about grief. There's a scripture that I want to just highlight. It's in the book of First Thess- Thessalonians, and I'm sure you know it well. It starts this way, but we do not want you to be in uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who fall asleep or those who have died in Christ, that you may not grieve at others who have no hope. It's interesting that God says to us, uh, there's grief, and more or less he's saying, it's okay. It's okay to feel that pain. That you're not going to grieve like the rest of people have no hope, but you will grieve. You will hurt. Bereavement or grief is a natural outflow from a relationship that has been severed. And it's okay to feel that hurt. It's okay to feel that pain. Really quickly, I just want to um, highlight a couple types of grief. Just so that, mm, just so that you're aware. If I can do that, is that okay? I'm, I know this message is kind of, mm, it's kind of a little tough, isn't it? Because we don't talk about grief as a culture. But we'll experience it, like I said earlier. It's interesting when you or I or someone we know is going through grief, we all deal with that in different ways. People deal with grief from the heart. And what, what I mean by that is they're doing things that, that, that really represents taking care of their heart. They certainly, they'll certainly cry, mourn, might journal, they might seek some one-on-one counseling, monitor and track emotions. They're doing things to, to track with their heart. How's their heart doing? There's other people that might not show as much emotion, but they're doing things with their head. In other words, they're thinking, how can I volunteer? How can I give back to society? Um, organizing ways to honor a loved one. Are they just doing things to keep busy? Um, when you... When you know someone that is grieving, uh, let me say a couple things. It's, it's good just to be there with them. They don't necessarily need to hear something from you. They don't need to hear what well, so-and-so is in a better place. They just need to, you to be there with them. And it's okay to talk about that individual. As a matter of fact, they would probably like to do that. People that are grieving don't know how to express what they want, but more than anything, they need relationship. Just going back to point number one, they're looking for relationship. And they just want to talk about that individual. A good, a good question to ask them is either how are you doing or what are you doing? Just depending on how they grieve. But being there for them. Helping them through a process. 
There's a scripture in the book of Romans that says this, uh, Romans chapter 12, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Even in the midst of grief, we're called to relationship with one another, to be the support that others need because they need our help. They might not know how to express it. They might not even want to say something, but they need our help. Lastly, let me talk about this point. First of all, we were created for relationship. Secondly, separation hurts. Thirdly, God has provided a solution for that for that separation. And that solution is that God, it's God's desire that you and I and really everyone on this earth would have an everlasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's desire that you and I would live in eternity with him. I'm often, I'm often reminded as I think about this um, um, about being in heaven, I'm, off, I'm often reminded of the last verse in Amazing Grace. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. That's an amazing statement. When we've been there 10,000 years, when I was young, I used to, I just, I, I tried, I tried to get my head around eternity, and I just couldn't, and I still can't. But when we've been there 10,000 years, we've only been, we have only begun just a hint of the goodness and the desire God has for us to be in eternal relationship with him. And so obviously, he, God has a solution for the problems that we have encountered here on earth. And John 3.16 is, is the beginning of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, have everlasting life. But as most of us know, we have a problem here on earth, and that problem is called sin. In the book of Romans, it says, but God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That desire on God's heart, his heart desire that you and I would have everlasting relationship with him. He knows the pain of grief. He knows the pain of separation. And he longs that that you and I would, would return unto him once again. I mean, obviously by being born again, but then even further that when our life is over, that we would be satisfied in everlasting relationship in his presence. I want to, um, I want to read a scripture to you that I just thought of. It's not, it's not up there, but I want to read it. It's, in the book of First Peter, where is First Peter at? It's somewhere in here. 
So I used to pastor for several years in a beautiful town called Gothenburg. And when I would do things like this, my wife would sit on the front row and, s- <laughs> and say, why don't you have that mark so you can just turn right to it? And so here we are several years later, and she's in the front row, and I'm doing the same thing, and she's probably saying, why didn't you mark that? So I didn't, Annette, and here I am. So First Peter, chapter 1. I don't want to read all of this. What I'd love to read, and, and if you want, you can read it later on, verses 3 through Nine, but I want to read the last couple of verses, I think starting at verse 8. Yes, starting at verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. And that's, that last one is just what I wanted to get. So you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. There's a reason that we are in community with one another. There's a reason that we have relationship with God right now, is that we are enjoying the presence of the Lord and we're enjoying his goodness. But the ultimate result of our faith is that the end result of our faith is that we would experience the fullness of the salvation of our soul, that we would spend eternity in heaven with God Almighty. That's his heart. That's his heart for us. It's his heart for all mankind. Every single person he has created, that the end result of their faith faith would be the salvation of their soul. But as I mentioned earlier, there's a problem on earth, and it's called sin. We're all marred by sin. We don't like to admit it. Most of us don't really like to think about it. But it's true, and our thoughts and our actions bear witness to that fact. But God Almighty, who is rich in mercy and grace, who is all holy and all righteous, looked into the depths of our being, and he says he wants to have everlasting relationship with us. He sees the, the mark and the mirror and the, the slimy pit, and he sees the junk that we go through, and he says, I want relationship with you, everlasting relationship. Through God's divine wisdom, he alone came up with that answer, and he offers his son as a perfect sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, an exchange, if you will. He exchanged Christ's life for our life, that we would enjoy everlasting relationship, eternal relationship with God Almighty. So I certainly don't know where all of you are spiritually, but I want to begin to conclude this message in a, with a couple uh, points of Scripture. And uh, if the musicians would come forward, that'd be great. I want to just begin with that thought. I don't know where everybody is spiritually. Obviously, you're in a, you're in a solid church that preaches the word. You have a wonderful pastor. 
But I don't know where everybody is spiritually. And so I just want to implore you to dwell on this free gift of salvation. This opportunity, if you will, to not only experience eternal life in heaven with the your creator, but to also experience the joy of seeing your loved ones who have gone before you in Christ. It's God's heart that there would be a wonderful reunion. And it's his heart that you would be part of that wonderful reunion in heaven. It's God's heart that you would know the ones that have gone before you in Christ and to experience eternal life in presence with them in their presence and in presence of the Lord forever. There's a passage in the Bible that clearly states how you can go to heaven. I want to read that passage. It's out of the book of Romans chapter 10. And it says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be saved from your sin. You'll be saved from the wrath of God. For it is with your heart that you believe and you're justified. You're made right. You're made whole and complete. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and that you are saved again from your sin and from the wrath of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of John, there is um, a portion of Scripture Jesus is talking to and in, to a group of individuals, and they're asking him about salvation. They're asking him, what, what do we need to do to get to heaven? In the book of John, chapter 6, they say, what must we do to do the work God requires, and Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe in the one who died for your sin. So I just want to close in a prayer. Again, I don't know where all of you are. But I pray that you all would, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, would accept him. So I'm going to I'm going to lead us in two things. I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now and then something else just right afterwards. So if you will, would you bow your heads with me? And let's just say this prayer together. I'll say it, and if you would repeat it, that'd be great. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for washing me pure and well, washing me and making me pure. Come abide in my heart that I would live eternally. 
Amen. Amen. There is, as we close, there is a verse I like to read with people. Mm. I forgot all about Go back to that last slide, would you please, Chris? I forgot about that. I like to say that. My wife and I watched a movie a long time ago, several months ago, and I heard the actor say this. He was talking about someone who died. He said, grief is love. Grief is love with no place to go. And that makes such sense to me that as we, as we have pain in our heart, that we would let that go, that, that we acknowledge that pain is because we can't do what we want to do with our loved one. But again, it's okay. Grief is a natural reaction to the love that we experience because of that relationship. Okay, there is a psalm, Psalm 91, and I want to read this. And I'd like you to read it along with me. But as you see the word he, if you would just read this out loud, and instead of saying he, say your name. Okay? Let's three verses. Let's read these three verses aloud. And I'm going to put down the microphone. I'm reading this this, because I'm going to say my name as well. So here we go.